Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Want to know what fallen trees and broken branches have to do with who gets what when you die? Stay tuned as I reveal the four biggest beneficiary blunders and how to avoid them. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. I don't know what part of the country you're from or where you currently live, but where I was born, raised, and still reside, the great state of Kentucky, we have a lot of trees. And while I've never driven around Kentucky intentionally counting the number of trees that exist in the old bluegrass state, my uneducated guess is that there are literally millions of them. And what's interesting, in Kentucky anyway, these trees come in all shapes, colors, and sizes. Some trees are very tall, some are very small, some are fat, and some are skinny. Some trees are supported by significant and deep roots, providing protection for the trees so that they can weather storms and the high winds. Other trees have very little roots to support them and can topple over with just the slightest of a gust of wind. Now, trees are important to our environment and our way of life, but as trees age and grow, if not properly taken care of, they can cause a lot of problems and damage. You see, over time, you just can't leave a tree to grow on its own. It has to be cared for. Left unattended, there's a lot of damage that a tree can do. Ice and wind can affect a tree. Various diseases, bugs, large animals, varmints, <laughs> fire, limbs that grow too heavy. The list of things that can bother or hamper or destroy a tree goes on and on. And like us humans, left to their own device, trees can grow out of control and over time create a mess. In fact, the care and maintenance of these trees is so important that specialists are around to care for them, and they're called arborists. You see, if a tree is not regularly monitored and pruned, it can die or at best become a nightmare to maintain. And believe it or not, your family tree is the same way. Left unattended, the plans you have for your family and your money can get out of control, and worse yet, when you die, the plans you thought you had in place for loved ones could all but come crashing down. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I'm that little man in the sweater vest, financial arborist and family tree planting specialist, Tony Walker. And today we're gonna show you the four biggest beneficiary blunders people make when leaving money to their loved ones and how you can avoid creating a mess. But first, let me introduce the producer of today's show, none other than America's favorite financial sidekick. Are you a tree planting specialist, Aaron? Yes no, or no? I'm no, not a tree I'm planting sorry. specialist. Well, forget that then. No. Our America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. <laughs> good morning, sir. How are you this morning? Doing good, doing good. You really didn't see the final script for the show, are you? I know we were going to talk about trees. We discussed this in the marketing meeting, but 
What'd you think of that intro? Kind of cool, wasn't it? That's pretty cool. I yeah. like it. And then I thought, does Aaron even know? I don't know much about trees, although we had a show several months ago about my home, a timber frame home, and right. all the Douglas firs. I know something about those. But have you ever really thought about how many species of trees there are in the entire world? I mean, different species. What in the entire world, no. No. A couple hundred at least. The only, the only tree story I have is, you know, uh, the area we live in, you know, uh, here in Kentucky, we have a lot of dogwoods and we have a we have a single dogwood in our front yard. And uh, a few months ago, the beginning of summer, you know, several of the neighborhood kids were out there playing with Preston and climbing on the tree and kind of tearing it up. So I had to kind of <laughs> be that old man in the cul-de-sac and say, hey, guys, y'all get off Miss Jessica's tree there. You know, <laughs> had to put the blame on Jessica, but... Really, I didn't want to messing up the tree either. So I was like, hey, y'all need to get off that tree. <laughs> um, and, and since you probably do look like the old guy, I found that if I'm yelling at small children, if I can kind of yell and like an older man and have a whistle, a slight whistle in my voice, <laughs> that really startles them. Hey, son, you ever, you ever try to do that? I'll you know try how everybody it. looks old when you're young. I'll try it. We were talking about that at a client in the other day, and we were she's back teaching as a teacher's aide, and she's not very old, quite frankly. But she said, "Yeah, my middle schoolers said something about how old I am." But you, did you have you ever seen teachers that you had in high school, and you've seen them out later, and you're like, "Wait a minute, yeah, what are you doing out here?" They're they're only four or five years older than me when they're in school. It seemed like they were eighty four, <laughs> and you realize hey, they're only a few years older than me. Funny, but yeah, we're talking a lot about age here, folks, and growing older in trees because, as I said, then in the opening here trees and people really do have a lot in common. And as we're going to see, if you're not careful, if you're not pruning and managing your family tree and who's going to get what when you die, there could be some real damage ahead. So when I come back, we're going to start off the show talking about the four types of property that everybody owns. More than likely, you have these four types of property. And something I'm going to share with you is going to really surprise you in terms of your will. So assuming you've got a will, or assuming we don't, doesn't really matter, but assuming you have a will, you're going to be surprised to see how really little goes through that will and why beneficiaries are so, so important to proper planning. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. You stay tuned. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no obligation appointment. Let us help you today. Whether you're a long-time viewer of the Worry-Free Retirement or just catching it for the first time, know this, you can watch past episodes and educational clips by visiting our YouTube channel. Just log on to youtube.com and search Tony Walker Financial. On a recent show, we uh, focused on the topic of grief, and we defined grief as something of significance that one loses. Uh, there are all kinds of grief, suffering from loss, but I guess the main thing we tend to think about is the loss of a loved one. And as unfortunate and painful as this type of loss is, there's also the difficult task 
of making sure what, Aaron? Now, this is a touchy subject. We're not going to joke around here. So let's say you lose a, a child. Okay. You're, you're retired. You have adult children. You've got a fancy will. You've got a 401k. you got all this good stuff. And all of a sudden, a child passes away. Not only do you grieve the child, what are you probably going to have to do next? You're going to have to change your beneficiary forms. There you go. Isn't that, that's, um, that to me, folks. Um, Which I'm sure is exactly what everybody wants to do when they're grieving. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I'm here, sure. sign this and sign that and move this here and do that and do this. Well, and you know, the problem with those types of things, uh, Aaron, I've been around people who've lost small children. But the thing I grieve for them is the grief they have in planning their own child's funeral. Yeah. I mean, there's some things I just don't think parents should have to be able to do. And the same thing holds true. And I've seen even older, older, I'm talking clients that are elderly, and they'll lose a child. And they have to call us and they'll say, well, I lost a child. Do I need to update anything? Just the pain of having to even sign forms. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's almost like uh, our uh, guest the other day talking about grief. You're writing a love letter. In mm -hmm. some ways, it's kind of a finality. You sign that form changing your beneficiary, in right. other words, removing that deceased child. So folks, this is pretty serious business, but the problem is with death, and unfortunately, I got to talk about death a lot. Nobody seems to ever want to talk about it because a part of retirement planning in life is dealing with death. And once you die, let me, let me make sure I'm clear on this before we get into the four types of properties. There's no, no do-overs. You can't go back and redo your will. Once you die, you can't go back and say, you know what, I probably shouldn't have left that much money to little Johnny or... I forgot that little Johnny was divorced and now his ex-wife's getting some of that money. It's too late. Do you understand this, Aaron, how serious this is? So folks, if you've had any changes whatsoever, um, I'll just name off a few I can think of comes to the top of my head. Well, that's one of them, loss of a child. That'd be one. Another change might be the loss of a spouse. This is a change. Um, maybe you've gone through a divorce. There's a story I studied under Ed Slot, a well-known CPA. This actually happened. He used this as his case studies. Let me set the parameters. So, gentleman had a million dollar life insurance policy, okay, married to his wife for years, divorces her. Story goes, he gets a new will, he changes his 401k, he does all that. He forgets about this life insurance policy, though, with his ex wife as the beneficiary. You probably know where this is going, I don't you? I think Aaron? I see where this is going. Okay. So, he eventually dies, okay. This, they start settling the estate. The will tells them to provide everything to his new wife and whatever keeps going on. Well, all of a sudden, somebody says, didn't he have a life insurance policy of a million dollars? Well, they checked it out. He still did. Beneficiary was not changed. So although the will said that everything goes to the new spouse, guess who got the million dollars? Ex-wife. Ex-wife. So the beneficiary trumped the will. So that will he wrote, thinking everything would go through the will, he didn't understand that that life insurance does not. So folks, if you've had any major changes out there, we have a service we provide. If you'd like to meet with us, what we can do is we can look at your life insurance, your annuities, your 401ks, 403bs, thrift savings accounts. Uh, if you have an IRA, Roth IRA, see all of those items pass by what's called beneficiary designation. They have nothing to do with your will. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about the four types of property, Aaron, that you own and then the ones that go through the will. So one type of property would be things that go by designated beneficiary at death. And I just named those, 401k, 403bs, blah, 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 life insurance. So obviously that doesn't go through your will. We've already decided that. The second type of property would be property that's solely owned in your name. That would be like, Aaron, I use this example. Let's say you're out at the car lot. You and Jessica have been looking for a car. She's not with you and they got a, you've got the deal of a lifetime and you sign the papers 
And the car salesman says, whose name do you want me to put this in? You say, well, put it me and Jessica. And he's like, well, she's going to have to come over Jessica's and sign for it. Jessica's got to be here, yeah. Yeah, and, he, and you're like, hey, it's not a big deal. Just throw it in my name. Right. Okay, that'd be an example of solely owned. All right, now your house, and I don't, I don't think you'd mind me asking you this, is your house, though, in your and Jessica's name? Is it jointly held? Do you yes. know? Okay, most yes. people do that. So now that's the second way to own property. It's called jointly held with right of survivorship. So that ought to tell you something, right? So if you were to die, so if one dies, the then other ownership will go to the other one. There you go. So okay. that doesn't even go through the will. So a lot of people are sitting here saying, well, I'm worried about probate. Well, as we've talked to Aaron, first of all, the only asset Aaron's got so far that would go through the will is this little car you purchased, let's say. Okay. The house doesn't, right? It's going to go to Jessica going directly to Jessica. or right. vice versa. Then the third type of property is either trust or contract. So let's say you had set up some property, but you put it in the name of the Aaron Orander Family Trust, okay? Mm-hmm. You can have an attorney draft that document, and you put it in there, or it could be a contract. It could be a contract you and I had for goods or services, contract between Aaron and Tony for a certain amount of money, and when you die, the contract would just go over to the beneficiaries of whoever, you know, Jessica was on there or whatever. So those items don't go through the will. So of the four types of property, solely owned, jointly held with right of survivorship is number two, trust or contract number three, and then beneficiary designated investments number four, only the solely owned go through the will. So when you think about it, you know our clientele, Aaron, most of our clients are over the age of 55. What do you think most clients have in their possession in terms of their investments? Would you say it's multi-million dollar farms and businesses or 401ks and life insurance. <laughs> Offshore accounts and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're rolling in that stuff. No. No, obviously not. The 401k. Okay. Yeah, the 401ks. Yes. Okay. So, folks, here's the thing. If you've got a 401k, IRA, 403b plan, thrift savings account, um, life insurance, annuities. Annuities passed by beneficiaries. It's one reason I like annuities a lot because they avoid probate. But if you have any of those products... When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about the four biggest beneficiary blunders that you can go through. This is really important stuff. So again, if you own any of those products, take heed because we want those branches. We want that money flowing to the next generation. And I'm also going to show you a little known secret to make sure that when you die and if one of your children dies, if, if it's your intention, their children will get what they rightfully deserve. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'll be right back. Our employee spotlight today shines brightly on Miss Mandy Houchins. Good morning to you, Mandy. Good morning, Tony. Thank you for making the drive up to uh, Louisville with Connie Fortney. Did you have a good drive up? We did, yes. No good. traffic, so it was nice. And you've been with me a whole, what, two and a half, three months, uh, Tony five. Walker? Five. Has it been five months? Five months. I was trying to get you roped into this interview much sooner. So you got by with five months without being interviewed for the spotlight. I held out for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us. And just briefly tell us a little bit about your background, Mandy, prior to joining Tony Walker Financial. Sure. I had done banking for about 22 years, all aspects. Started as a teller, was a processor, a loan assistant. Ended up as a uh, loan officer, mortgage lending, and did that for a while, and then just decided I needed a change. So still financial world, but a different aspect this time. Yeah, what is the one thing that's kind of, I wouldn't want to say surprised you about working for a retirement planning specialist, but what have you seen that's kind of different from the banking or the rest of the financial world that you've learned? 
I think you're just helping people at a different point in their life. You know, you're that most people that have saved all of their working years when they're you know doing lending and things like that, and most people that we're helping now are past that. You know, they're ready for the retirement and enjoying the money that they've saved. And I liked how you put it too. I, I asked you once in the office, I said, what do you see as one of the advantages of what we do? And I, how did you put that stretching the money, making it work? What, what did you say? Yeah, there? you see how far you can stretch the money that they've saved. That's really good. And then one area, uh, Mandy, and we really appreciate this that you're helping with. And it kind of surprised me that you said you actually enjoy doing this, but at Tony Walker Financial, you know, I always say that we take you from cradle to grave. And unfortunately, with our clientele being many of them retired, we do lose uh, some of our clients to death. Sure. And we are unusual because we encourage the family to let us help with those death claim forms. And you've kind of jumped right in there and share with that process that unfortunately we do have a lot of clients in that age range. So tell people how what your role is in that process. Uh, basically, you know, you, you contact the companies that they have accounts with, annuities or, you know, Charles Schwab. and you help them with those death claim forms. The filling out of that paperwork can be very overwhelming, especially in a tough time like that. So I basically prep the paperwork and, and find out what their options are for going forward with those accounts. And I know they really appreciate that. And finally, uh, Lisa Allerkamp, who does all of our income plans, you've also jumped in helping out with that. I mean, you're doing so many wonderful things. Tell people about your role in helping with the income planning and the rewards you see in that in terms of our clients uh, knowing exactly what they got and how they're gonna be able to use and enjoy it. Sure. You basically look at what people have saved, you know, over their lives and you, and you help them figure out where to put it and how to stretch it out, like I like to say, um, and make it last for them and how they can get that mailbox money, as you talk about, over the retirement years of their life. And I have enjoyed figuring out how to do that best for people. Not everybody wants the same thing, so each one is different. Mm -hmm. Good observation. Well, Mandy, first of all, um, it's been five months, but it's been a great five months. We appreciate all that you do for Tony Walker Financial, and hopefully you're with us many years in the future. So thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. Who can you trust? It's one of the most important decisions you'll have to make. Question is, are you ready? Well, we're here to help at Tony Walker Financial. You know, we care more about you than we do your money, and we have over 2,000 happy clients and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau to prove it. Rolling over a 401k, confused about Social Security, maybe you're afraid of running out of money. Learn how to use and enjoy and protect your hard-earned money. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Well, that's uh, Mandy Houchins, one of our newest employees, and you're talking about just doing a great job. She's only been with us a few months, but I mean, man, this young lady, with all the things going on in 2020, Aaron, it's been a tough year. Uh, we've uh, done well financially. The business has done great. Our Actually, our revenue is a little higher than it was last year, so we thank God for that. Awesome. Yeah, but you know, we've had uh, one staff member who's got an adult child that's had some pretty serious illness. She's had to take off a lot. Uh, when the pandemic first hit, you know, we were... We weren't shut down, but it was pretty skeletal crew there for about four or five weeks. I uh, got another young lady expecting pretty soon, so I'm going to have to anticipate that. So when we hired Mandy, uh, talking about wearing a bunch of different hats, boy, she's come in and uh, just done everything. And one of the roles she's taken on is that of helping people when they pass away, their heirs, beneficiaries, spouses, children, fill out the proper paperwork. A lot of people won't touch this with a 10-foot pole. You know what they'll do? They'll send the paperwork and say, Good luck filling this out. Nobody wants <laughs> to deal with it. We meet with our clients if they would like us to, their, their uh, beneficiaries. 
face-to-face. We'll help them go over their options, understand what their options are. It's a very critical time to make decisions, make sure you're making the right decisions when you inherit money. Um, so we offer that service, and uh, we, we really thank Mandy a great deal for uh, the job she's doing. Okay, so i got to tell you a quick story. I bet you don't know. Well, you're, I, I think I know what you're going to guess. I, I got in this business in 1984, started with my father-in-law, Bill Moore Insurance in Bowling Green. What do you think my first love was in this business? What did I really kind of gravitate to and wanted to do when I first got in the business after just a couple of years? Well, you do love annuities, so I'll... I'll go with that answer. I'll go with the answer of annuities. <clears throat> Good guess. And, I, and to be honest, I'd probably have said that if I were you. Well, a lot of people don't know, Aaron, in the late 80s, I loved talking to people about what was going to happen to their stuff when they died. And I had a degree in psychology. I don't know if that had something to do with it. My brother-in-law at the time had written a little bit of life insurance. and Because we were mainly at that time what was called a property casualty firm. Home, auto, business. Okay. My father-in-law was a CLU, CPCU, so he knew a little bit about estate planning. But I, I was just barely around it, but I said, I'm really digging this. I don't really like the home and auto stuff. And he said, well, Tony, if you want to really learn this, first of all, you got to get your CLU. That's called Chartered Life Underwriter designation. So I quickly got that at age 28. At that time, I was one of the youngest in the country. I had that. That's estate planning, life insurance and estate planning. And then he said, and the next thing you do, you've got to find somebody that you can go out on sales calls with that knows about estate planning and go call on people because you don't know what to ask people. Mm -hmm. I said, I really don't. I don't even know what to talk about. I'd studied it, but it's a big, it's a difference between studying and knowing something and going out and talking to people about something like death and what's going to happen to your stuff. So anyway, this guy, Ron, he was from Louisville, actually, came down. He was with a major insurance company and boy, he was good. He knew estate planning. So he said, I understand your father-in-law wants me to take you out and make some sales calls. So you arrange the calls with these business owners, and I'll take it from there. He said, you just be a fly on the wall and don't say anything. He didn't tell me to shut up, but he basically said that. He basically said yeah, shut up. Don't say a word, Tony. Yeah, but anyway. So we go to this company, and it's two partners, and they own a brick manufacturing company. Bricks, you with me? Okay. Okay. So we walk in there, and the guy was very nice. Not, didn't say much, and Ron went on and on and on about what happens if one of you dies, and did you realize the potential tax ramifications, and if one of you dies, the ex-partner spouse, is she going to be involved? I mean, I was fascinated. He was asking all these questions, and basically it's like the guy just kind of nodded. And then Ron got started talking about dying and kind of referring to, don't you all ever talk about something like this? And finally the guy looks at Ron, kind of smiles. He goes, you know what? Me and my partner don't talk much about dying. And Ron looked at me and he looked back at him. He said, that's funny. Me and Tony don't talk much about bricks either. <laughs> I thought that's pretty good. Meaning, well, who does sit around well, talk about Well, who does dying? talk about yeah. dying? Who sits around and talks about that, really? <laughs> so what we're going to do here is we're going to go over the four biggest beneficiary blunders. We're going to talk about death again, folks. It's, it's going to happen to all of us. I haven't met anybody yet. Have you, Aaron, that's gotten out of this thing alive? Have nope. Heard? Okay. Yes, they always say that uh, funeral procession you see riding down the road, they ain't practicing, folks. All right, so here's the four biggest beneficiary blunders. Number one, no named beneficiary at all. Um, I have people come to me sometimes, Aaron, they'll roll their 401k over, and, and may, maybe they're single. Uh, maybe they've never had children. And so they'll sit down, and they'll say, yeah, let me move that 401k over, and I'll start filling out the paperwork, or one of the staff will. And I'll always ask them, by the way, who do you want to be the beneficiary? And they'll say, I don't know, just put down the estate. I'm saying, really? You you don't want to name somebody? There's not somebody? It doesn't matter, does it? I mean, just leave it in the estate. Well, 
The problem is once you intentionally leave it to the estate, it's subject to the state statutes. Who knows who's going to get it? You're laughing about Well, what about you this. just said, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter until it does matter. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. what I like to say. Yeah. It doesn't matter until it does matter. And, and I understand what this gentleman's probably saying or that person because they're dead and gone. They're probably thinking, right. whatever. But now think about this. There's got to be somebody out there. It could be a niece, nephew. Uh, I tell you what I think people forget about are charities. Yeah. Uh, now, my wife, if she didn't have old Tony and the kids around and everything, I guarantee you she'd leave the whole kit and caboodle to the Humane Society. She loves dogs. So if I were advising my wife in that situation, I'd say I would have already found out her interest, but I'd said, you know, Ms. Walker, wouldn't you want to leave it to the Humane? Yeah, put it down because they ain't going to get it. The state's not going to try and give it to the Humane Society. You're going to have to name it. So, folks, if you even if you don't think you've got a, quote, beneficiary, a true loved one, name somebody, maybe a... That'd be old high school sweetheart you never married. That'd be cool in a way, wouldn't it? Hey, After if you don't have years, anybody, if you, can, you come talk to me. That's how fine. do you spell Orander real hey, quick? Yeah, spell yeah, that. yeah. Here, take this down, folks. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny? You don't have anybody, come talk to me. Wouldn't That's that be fine. funny out of the blue, Mr. Aaron Orander, please? This is John <laughs> Jacobs Law Firm. You've been million by a... Uh, a avid listener of the worry-free retirement. <laughs> there, there you go. And then you're out of here. I lost my producer. You'd get. Your- oh no, I wouldn't do that. To Especially you. if you got it via this show. I might only work two hours a day, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't okay. just leave you. Now, if you get 1.8 million as a result of this show, you cannot quit. Eric, <laughs> Amelia, hold him to that. All right. Okay. Number two, no contingent beneficiary. So, what in the world is a contingent beneficiary? Right, let's let's go through this. Let's say right now I've got everything to my spouse, which is the way I've got it. So if I were to die before my wife, my life insurance, annuities, IRAs, all that stuff, I have Susan first. Actually, I've changed that a little bit. I've got a lot of life insurance. You know I've got a bunch of insurance and different policies. One of those policies, because I gave some money to my daughter Lacey to help her with this house, what I did was I took the other policy, Susan's going to have plenty of money when I die, and actually, I made Philip and Anthony the beneficiary of that policy. Now, why do you think I did that? So you can kind of distribute it evenly. Yeah, and not that I don't trust you. Helped it. Lacey with the house. There you go. They'll and, get something. Maybe they could use it for their house or something else. Yeah. And I hope I don't think Susan listens to the radio show. She watches the TV show. So if you tell her what I'm about to say, I'll get you. Okay. Here okay. we go. All right. Here's what I'm worried about. People are human. Let's say I've already helped Lacey. Okay. Philip and Anthony. I haven't done that much for them. I die, everything goes to Susan. Could there possibly be something happen to Susan? Oh, yeah. There's no guarantees. Absolutely. No guarantees, Philip. So I wanted to make sure, and I told Susan, I said, I want to make sure that Philip and Anthony get something. She said, that's fine. So I kind of I think that's pretty cool. So, that, folks, that's why you want life insurance in retirement. Life insurance is your permission slip to do things you normally wouldn't do and to equalize the estate for your loved ones that you can't do with these tax-filled 401K plans and other nonsense. So life insurance, folks, regardless of what... The friendly financial uh, entertainers on the radio tell you life insurance in retirement is your trump card, believe me. Next is outdated beneficiaries. We already gave you an example of that if you're just now joining us. An example of that would be um, you've been divorced for years, uh, you've changed your will up, you've added your new spouse, you've updated. Maybe you didn't get married and you changed your kids as primary beneficiary of a lot of things, but you forgot about a life insurance policy out there that still has the X on it. And the problem with that is, you die, and even though you've changed your wills and you think you got everything updated, if you have an outdated beneficiary, that old spouse that wasn't supposed to get anything makes out like a bandit. And then your kids are probably at the funeral being very gruff about why did dad leave, you know, so-and-so all that money. Well, it's gonna, it could happen. 
And then finally, we've already covered this, but I can't stress this enough. When I'm meeting with people in my initial interview with them, when I'm doing what I call my vision exercise with them, I always ask, do you have a will or have you updated your plans in your estate? Now, many people will say will, but then they'll say, what do you mean updated my estate, my plans? What do you mean? A will in and of itself is not a plan. It's kind of like annuities. We talked about how much I love annuities. Uh, uh, an annuity is not a plan, is it, Aaron? It's no. just a product. Um, life insurance is not a plan. A 401k is a savings plan. That's not a plan at all. Um, 403bs are not a plan. So a will just tells what's going to happen to those assets which happen to pass through it. Now, a will is a part of a plan, certainly. And the problem is most of you have never really worked with a retirement specialist. So even though you may have gone to an attorney and received a will or the attorney rep uh, recommended a trust of some sort and maybe you've got durable powers of attorney, all that's good and you got to get those through attorney. Those are legal documents that have to be drafted by attorneys. But again, that's not what we would call a game plan. So as you listen to this show and think through who gets what when you die, let me, let me offer this to you. Why don't you log on right now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and what we'll do is we'll set up a time to visit and look at all of your beneficiary designations to make sure there's no blunders after you're dead and gone. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com or give us a call at 877-499-9255 and we'll look forward to talking to you soon. So until next time, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Worry-Free Retirement. Next week, we're going to talk about how to invest money in an election year. Good stuff coming your way, but in the meantime, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.